inching closer to the NHL trade deadline on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern. We got another trade. Stuff's happening. Frank Cervelli. It was Frank's uh, scoop, wasn't it? Frank Cervelli from Daily Daily Faceoff.com. And it's uh, Brandon Hagel from the Chicago Blackhawks on his way to Tampa Bay, which is not a name that we've really played out uh, in the last week, two weeks. A young player who's really come out of nowhere to put together a pretty darn good season with the Chicago Blackhawks. I think uh, 21 goals and almost 40 points goes to the Tampa Bay lightning. And the reason why we can hear a contending team make a significant trade like this is because where Hagel's contract situation is, usually we're hearing players available with big ticket items attached to them. Right. And Hagel comes in, I think, with two more years. Yeah. At what, one four, one five? One five, two more seasons after this one, um, which is actually context for what we talked about with Jacob Chikrin. Like the return for Hagel being two first round picks, late or not, Taylor Radish and, and Boris Kachuk. I mean, we're talking a haul. And I bring up Chikrin just because the context is part of what you're trading for is that contract, which is so dirt cheap, which is the same thing with Chikrin. The, the deal is so much more tempting, to, you know, not to mention a good player going along with it. And this is where Chicago's smart enough to go, if we shop him, we are literally shopping him to 31 other teams in the NHL, including all the contenders who go, wait a second, we can get this player at this price? Yeah. That's why you start with the multiple first round picks yeah i mean you hope with your late first round pick to end up who ends up you know, with that pick that you hope it ends up being someone as good as brandon hagel hagel for the record you know the numbers show a guy who's uh been very fortunate this season like high shooting percentage non-ice shooting percentage a lot of zone starts he plays with kane and taves so i've seen people be like ah uh, his numbers are inflated but you know we, we talked to some people around chicago and like this guy's for real isn't he I know that there were uh, a few teams, and I include the Toronto Maple Leafs, that made calls on this guy going, okay, what am I missing here? What's wrong with this guy? Why why is he for sale? If you're a rebuilding team, he's 23, he's under control, he scores. Why don't you want him? That's on the surface. Right. And the reason why Chicago is doing this is they're tanking. Yeah, they're going the other way, and not completely. And everyone has a price, right? Like you know, there's the, the, who that price on a lot of the guys that you would want to keep in your team. You'd say, well, I just got to do it for that. That's a well, I got to do it number. So twenty three years, they're going to tank for the next two years, and if this guy continues on his trajectory, he'll turn himself into a five million dollar player, and maybe we sign him, maybe we don't. But let's get the the first round picks. Yeah. And that, that is the, the philosophy of the Chicago Blackhawks right now, which may not sit well with a Pat Kane, mm-hmm. but I think it's clear with Davidson now, moving a guy this young at that low of a price, I got to admit it, if, if you're Chicago, you're not looking forward to the next two years, but those are significant assets added 
I wonder, though, if this changes the um, the situation for Kane and Taves. If you look around you and you're not winning with a guy like Hagel who's scoring 20, and that's who his two most common line mates were, Kane and Taves, um, they're trading guys away. Do you want to be there for the last year of your deal? I would think that uh, something like this probably gets revisited uh, in the off season by both those guys. Say, guys, look, we're not trying to win next year. I mean, this Hagel, you know, I talked to someone within the organization. They they gave me the old, uh, I don't get why they'd want to get rid of him. Really good player. They need more of him, not less. Makes no sense. I guess it depends on the return, and the return was obviously great. But great kid, competitive, any situation, any line. Like, this is a real player. So they're clearly not trying to win next year. For Kyle Dubas here in Toronto, that would be a, a nice look to add to a Tavares and Nylander, don't you think? That would have been nice, but I mean, can you imagine Dubas trades two firsts? Couldn't go there. You couldn't do it, eh? No. No. (laughs) No. He'd be trading his 2027 first-round pick. Doesn't have many first-round picks to play with. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, and you just heard from our producer, Sammy McKee, and our tech director. (laughs) Not Derek. Danielle for Tato, ladies and gentlemen. welcome, welcome. And why we're so happy is because... Sammy, let me know. He got it right on the sheet. He got everything right he on the got, sheet, right? No, uh, no not quite oh. everything. Oh, oh. what I screw up? Uh, Brandon Hagel <laughs> dealt to the Blackhawks. Okay. <laughs> so carried on air, so, too, eh? Couldn't just be I behind got, the scenes. Listen, I went and got a haircut today, and I got here and then like an hour later than I usually do, and I'm just a house on fire. <laughs> I can't, like, I'm running around. I'm not putting the right clips. Like, I just... It's. I'm a very detailed person who I need a certain amount of time to be. And anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I guess Hagel's pretty good. Turns out, turns out this guy's that's a player. A, so that, that's so the price. division around Toronto uh, not getting worse. Yeah, I mean Florida too. Florida likely to add Claude Giroux at this point. We think that may happen later on today. Yeah, boy, be so. a second rounder and a prospect maybe. That's Maybe, that's yeah. probably what I see. There are some people that believe that Colorado's still in the mix. Yeah. I think all we're hearing out of that is that we need Colorado to maybe squeeze a little bit more. I mean, I wonder, do you think there'd ever be a scenario where you're Chuck Fletcher and you talk to Joe Sackick and you say, I don't care if you do have interest. Do me a favor and act like you do so I can squeeze more out of Florida and I'll get you back later for you know, helping us up the ante here. Because yeah. otherwise, otherwise uh, you go to Florida and yeah. Florida says, so your player only wants to come to us? Okay, here's a sixth. Here's the problem with that. And it, it's any like it's any problem, including with fighters. People sometimes call your bluff. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> and you're really, tr- you're in big trouble there. Florida says, all right, Colorado yeah, can have them. Thank you're you. Like, and you're like, Left uh-oh. holding the bag. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think that's the case, but... I would believe that Claude Giroux now is in a situation saying, I really want to go to Florida, try to make that work first. I don't think it's a, a Florida or nothing. Okay. At, at the he end of the day... Back. He ain't staying in Philly. If, if Colorado's your only choice, right? And, and maybe Chuck's being a prick and he says, no, I, 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 my best offer's in Colorado. I have to send you to Colorado. And yeah. you gave me two three teams i asked you for three teams they're on the 
one of the list. I, I need you to go to Colorado or else you stay here. Right. You think Chuck would ever say that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but in our kicking around scenarios, it's one of the possibilities. But that's can't be nice all the time. And even with a, a guy of that stature, you can you got to still protect your organization. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that Colorado will step up. And I, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Claude Giroux is going. Yep. But stranger things have happened. Still a little bit more time. Nick Kiprios, Justin so, Bourne here. So there's no way Dubas isn't feeling this big time. You know, looking at this is like Florida's going to get Giroux and Sherratt. Tampa's going to get Hagel. I'm sure Lindholm will go to Boston for a seven. Plus Manson, on, right? <laughs> Manson I mean, Manson gone. Yeah. gone. You missed out on that. Yeah. You know, here's right. here's the, I think, a pretty good scenario. Are you happy if the Leafs end up with giordano and tyler mott you know it's monday it's 301 are you okay with giordano and mott added to the leafs and that's all i think that's a pretty good pretty good outcome who plays goal shawraz kimball i got no i'm not sure you're gonna get uh mott or cop no what do you think that price is just went up mott just went up Second rounder, maybe. He's expiring in a UFA, though, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter, apparently. <laughs> well, it's all expensive, right? but I don't know. It can't be. Yeah, it got to be a second, second. Or th- a second or a third. Yeah, uh, I don't know about a third. Second, then. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of teams would like to have that player for a stretch round. Andrew Kopp is going to be a UFA. And but he's, he's a guy you want to keep, too, probably, right? Probably. Like, he's going to end up. You know where he's going to end up in Detroit. Really? Yeah. Is he young enough for them? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah. I think they're ready. Big win last night against Vancouver. I know. Devastating for the Canucks. Every time, remember Bruce on our show said every time they get close, they take that one step back. But Cops turned himself into a pretty good player, uh, probably in the ballpark of a a Zach Hyman type. Mm -hmm. Maybe a better finisher, maybe not as hard or on a a four check. I wonder what Nick Paul ends up fetching out of Ottawa as a guy who's only 25 or 26. Um, you know, a guy you'd want to keep. Yeah, I presume. I don't know if that's a first rounder, but like second to, to me, it would be because even the teams who are rebuilding would want him. You know, you're not just dealing with the best teams. I think you're dealing with the league on Paul too. I think. I, I really then like then the you turn around and uh, then you turn around and, and sign him to Insta like a three year deal or a yeah three or four year deal well, at three million bucks. Right, that's what they're plus. talking about. He can't get three million a year or something out of Ottawa, which. This team has no intention of keeping good players if you can't if you don't pay him. So Sammy, did you ask who's who's the goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I did ask that, yeah. Hey now, you're a Well, Shaw we know star. Saturday night against Nashville, it's Shalgren again. Well, I mean, you kinda have to at this point. Right? Are we are we past Mark Andre Fleury? Is that over? Can I can I say on the real Kipper and Bourne show? No. The three of us are on the same page that that's not happening? No. I would like it to happen, but I don't think it will. I'm, I'm, Head says you've yet. convinced Head me says, it's possible because yeah. you've talked me into the price not being that yes, high. So if it's a mid rounder, it's like, well, maybe that point. One more spin on that whole thing. And you tell me if this doesn't come into play is that you bring in Marc Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. Now you've really pissed off Jack Campbell because he's lost his net. Mm-hmm. You've pushed Peter Morazic up into the stands. Right. <laughs> and by chance, 
Marc-Andre Fleury comes in, hey, wins a round, loses in the second round. You're going into next September, and you Not don't have position. Jack Campbell. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You still you have, have Mrazek, and he hates you. He, he hates you, and he wants out like yesterday. And Flurry's like, I'm off to Pittsburgh. And Flurry's <laughs> going to back up for the Pittsburgh Penguins next year. Yeah. Like, and now you're like our duo is, and and, and you don't have five million dollars to give a starter. But what you haven't considered is that Eric Schalgren is the greatest goaltender on earth who's not in the NHL, and he's going to be your starter, and he's going to be awesome. Yeah. No. Do no. You know? Okay. No one? We're going to get into this? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. go. You don't care. I you wa- don't care. I, I watched Shulgren last night again, and yeah, sure, well, how many saves? 35 saves? Looks like he's in position. McKenna nailed him between the eyes. Great positionally, horrible hands. Everything, yeah, everything's, everything's jumping off yes. from the rebound control. Like, there's going to be one of these games here where six or seven go in. Yes. Like, I, I'm, I've I, noticed I'm happy the same for, thing. I'm Even happy catching for him. a puck. I'm happy for them, but this is not going to last. The Leafs fellas. have been the best they've been this season at clearing the net in terms of tips, pucks, Correct. rebounds around him. Like, he's made a save, and they've moved on. He made a couple big saves. I've really enjoyed how he's played so far. You mentioned it was a nice change of seeing someone big, positional, get in the way. He's and been that. Exactly good. that. Been but good. But. Midnight's, midnight's <laughs> going to strike yes, here. We expect there is a pumpkin a, a eventually Cinderella. in the future. All right, where do you want to get started on the whole thing with uh, with Olshaw? Do you want to hear him on Eric Shalgren, Shelgren before we get into it? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to uh, Kipper's Clippers here. First okay. one with uh, Sheldon Keefe. You you would think it would be natural for him to get caught up in it and be overly excited. Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen him smile yet. Um, so, but I, I, like we talked about, I think that just speaks to his. His demeanor, I think all of that plays into how this has gone for him. He's uh, he's not getting eaten up by the moment and the opportunity. He, I think he's confident in himself, feels as though he's prepared. <clears throat> and he's just trusting his abilities. That's what I see. So it's been great. He's been even keel all the way through this. And as you know, it's not easy to do. And it's, it's even more difficult in this city. Two home games and... You know, all of that. So uh, it's been impressive. He really described 99% of the Swedes in general. Didn't he? I thought the exact same thing. I was like, well, he's Swedish. Swedish. It doesn't that's get what, too high, no. too low, pretty. No. Yeah. Everyone I played with, it'd be like calm, cool, collective. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, my uncle died. Don't, don't uh, really. Also, I won the lottery. Anyway, go Don't really lunch. need much attention. <laughs> you won't be getting, uh, you won't be seeing me shovel my front. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> no, no, I don't Just think going so. Going about your day to day, not that I type really of guy. Love Swedes, they're they're wonderful teammates. So yeah, he he sounds like you know. I, I talked to some people with the Marlies, um, you know, got some some good reviews on the guy. Basically, sounds like he's a goalie robot, doesn't get distracted, loves coming to the rink, prepares himself mentally and physical physically. Just steady Eddie. Which is the opposite of Mrazek and Campbell, who Campbell, you know, in his post game pressers has been very dramatic about himself and his terrible play. Mrazek has seemed indifferent or he doesn't even care. This guy seems like he's just, as you mentioned, Goldilocks. Swedish about it. He's Goldilocks. Goldilocks. (laughs) One's too hot. The other one's too cold. Yeah. This one may come in just right. Yeah. So you don't think he's going to, is there any chance 
that they've got something here? Like a guy you can actually have be your starting goalie? They got enough of it going to go into Nashville. So let's just leave it there. Out of the 100% chance he starts game one of the playoffs, what percentage chance is Shelgren, by the way, not Shulgren, Shelgren, I'm told by our chat on YouTube. What percent is it that he's the starter in game one of the playoffs? 50%? Right now? Yeah. Oh, I've got him at uh, 10. 10. 10 10% chance. Yes. Zero. You got a zero from the No. The guys could get hurt again. They could slip on a banana peel. I guess that's the only, but there's, you just, no. I can see them talking themselves in. So, I don't know if you guys saw, but um, (laughs) uh, Wall got hurt in the Marley game. Mm -hmm. He got run over. I wonder if they have to get a goalie now, whether, you know, a Forsberg type who can push someone down. There's a feeling he might be out a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think he hurt his shoulder. And uh, they called up, uh, where's their uh, growlers? Yeah. Yeah, they, they called up a goalie there. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there is the a ripple rings. effect there a little bit. Yeah, you do wonder if there's some interest in saying, hey, maybe it's not a guy who will back up the, the Leafs, but it's a guy who will be with the Marlies, and if they need him, if Mrazic's no good, we can at least put this guy in as a backup. But isn't Shelgren kind of that right now? Anyway. Um, two, two, uh, are we good? Good. I was just going to say 200 feet away from... Shelgren, yes, is Sammy's favorite, Freddie Anderson. And I'm just wondering when you saw that goal go in on the short side, didn't that just reaffirm how you feel about him, Sammy? Yes, it was just, I thought that the Carolina Hurricanes were playing that first period. They were so disciplined. They are so well coached. They're just in the right spots on every part of the ice. Yeah, they're uh, above they're the, everyone. There's the no four check, they they forecheck, trap, and play great in the defensive zones. Like, I don't know how there are so many guys everywhere, and I thought they were playing great. They were beating the Leafs pretty handily in the first 10 minutes. And then that goal goes in, and then it just changes. I'm like, oh, I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. But that goal that Freddie let in, he's, I guess he was cheating to the pass. I don't know what he was doing. He leaves his post wide open. I don't know. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, you're it, not. 41 and 13 by accident here. No, they're, they're really good. They're really good well coached. Yeah. They got so many guys that contribute that, I mean, Stahl is such a horse. Like, that guy yeah. is a huge, he hit, he rang one off the post loudly. Like, I just, I think they're an yeah. interesting matchup for the Leafs because they don't really play the type of game that's going to beat down the Leafs physically. They kind of, they, they are similar in the way they kind of play. I think they they're a better version teams. of the, they are better version of the consistent yes. version. I don't even think better. They're yeah. just more consistent. And they are now in a position where, if in fact they match up, they're very confident they they can beat Carolina. Yeah, Mitch Marner owns them. Freddie, the uh, the visual of the bad goals, they they would welcome a first round matchup against Carolina. Yeah, I want to say this before I forget. I thought that was the best game the Leafs played this season against a good team who played well. Because sometimes yeah. we're like, ah, their opponent was bad. Or we're like, oh, it's a good opponent having an off night. I thought Carolina was good. That was the best version of the Leafs I've seen this season. Can I give you a, my biggest reason why that was the case? Okay. No Austin Matthews. Well, hold on now. What do you mean? No Austin Matthews last night. As a good thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not saying that. They should play without him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> calm. Team, Matthews is the problem. Stay calm here. Yeah, okay. The takes are getting warm on a Friday here. <laughs> I think just, the Leafs are better without him. Just 
besides the obvious that you want to protect and and be a little bit uh, conscientious of a, a rookie goaltender, I thought there's a tendency the last two, three weeks to just watch or wait for Austin. Passengers. And now I, I saw them move the puck better than they have before. I, mm-hmm. I, I looked at uh, last night as... Uh, uh, the goal that uh, kind of convinced everybody there was going to be no meltdown in the third, uh, and that was Kasha's goal. Yeah, I, I thought that was the best goal of the season. The coming back yes. above caused a turnover. One hundred percent. All defense, F3, hard, hard work, hard work. A neutral zone turnover, not cheating on the play. I thought that was a fantastic goal, and not and with that showcasing the Leafs' skill is Marner who made the pass, right? Yeah, no, it was Mar- Nylander. It was Nylander. So yeah, yeah so Willie yeah. gets the puck and like lays Give a flat go. sauce, like the so, touch passing. It was just yeah, mm. that that to me is is a, a playoff type of goal. And Kerf- yeah. Kerfoot was involved as well because he was on the half board. That's who Kasha kind of tossed it to. Kerfoot entered the zone. Kasha followed the yeah. play. Saucer bing right in the back of the net. The point I'm trying to make is that. Um, when you when you lessen your skill, which you obviously have, mm-hmm. it just forces everybody to be involved. Be involved a little bit more. And Matthews likes handling the puck a ton for for a shooter. He loves having it. He loves his one on ones. He loves his cuts and his curls and his and less of that last night. Yep. You buying that? Well, I am buying it. And actually, you know, I was on the broadcast last night, and my post game takeaway was watching it was like. That game, because they were so good, is what's frustrating at times because if they can all play like that, plus Matthews, like you have a team that can beat anyone any night. Like it's they are capable of playing with any hockey team. And why we get frustrated is because it's not there with any consistency. Keith talked a lot about the comparables between the two teams. I don't know if it's Rod Brindamore or the personalities on the Carolina team, but they are very similar. It's just consistent from that group all the time. Let's get uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, on his thoughts on on being outshot early. Sure. So we just had to stay with it and, and plug the, some of the holes defensively. I felt that our chances would come when they did. You know, maybe we could catch uh, Fred on the other side. Maybe not uh, not as comfortable in the game. So that actually worked to our There's benefit here Fred. today. Um, my focus through that first period was not on the shots on goal uh, for us to generate. It was more we, we, need, we needed to, to tone it down what we were giving up against. I mean, they were, they were getting too many there. I thought we did a really good job of that the rest of the way. Second period, we were really good in that area. Maybe some of our best chances that we had in the game, we didn't even get a shot. We missed the net a bunch and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, the patience and the commitment that our guys just stayed with it, did what they needed to do defensively. Got great saves when we needed them. Yeah, you know, really proud of the group. Okay. Can I ask you guys a question now? Of course. So these last two games, they've had the rallying around Shulgren, the no Austin Matthews, like you were talking about, the no golden goose to to lean on. What will that continue in Nashville? Well if Matthews comes back, let's just start let's just start with the lineup. They just went back to the same old lineup at practice this morning. Did you guys notice uh, in the telecast uh, at the end, uh, Bunting benched? Yeah, you know, and, and I didn't you know why. I know we didn't get into it, but I noticed uh, Mikheyev was out there there instead of Bunting with that line. Yeah. No, it, it was uh, 
I think it ended up being Tavares, uh, Nylander, and Marner. Was it? Is Tavares? Yeah. There was a shift at the end where Mikheyev was out there, and, and, and then, I thought yes. it was in and place of McKay, Bunting. But... And then Mikheyev, uh, you know, in the in the top six. But yeah. I thought Bunting had a horrible game. Yeah, interesting. I didn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a thought about him one way or another. Yeah, what did no, he like? a couple couple big giveaways. Yeah, a little bit trying a little bit too much, and my biggest beef all season is that nobody gets benched. Mm-hmm. And Bunty boy, Bunting, Bunting got benched. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's a good thing. I, I liked that the lines were noticeably different at the end to protect a lead. I thought the team in general played that like a playoff game. Like it was coached that way, you know, looking at getting the right guys out there in the right moments and rewarding ice time. That that makes sense to me. Also loved the Marner goal in terms of uh, a simple play. Mm-hmm. Lilligren, I know you mentioned to me uh, off air that uh, a, a great outlet pass I thought Tavares, with his intelligence, just enough to redirect the puck Pass off the board. It, it, it looked a lo- an awful lot like a set play to me. It, well, I mean, I can't speak to the actual tip, but like you, you so rarely create anything off a set breakout like yeah. that. That was really well executed. So nice. And then, you know, I heard Marner in the broadcast talk about Freddie probably thinking he was going to pass the puck because it's Marner and Freddie's seen him before. And Freddie on that goal, too, is, is kind of sliding across the net and gets some armpit hole a little bit. <laughs> More just, cheating. Yeah. Just to go back to the, the bunting thing, and I, I noticed him kind of not up to his normal standard this year, but I also think that the f- contributing factor to why he was benched was because Mikheyev was unbelievable last night and making me maybe regret saying that I would drive him to the airport. Uh, um, he <laughs> was flying last night. Flying. Like physically He's, engaged. Yes. Three to the net. Handling the puck better fly, now than like, ever before. Well, what what you wondered in years past was, is it a skill or a confidence thing? Like, was he confident enough in the NHL to hang on to it that extra second? And it feels like it was never an issue of skill, but confidence, because he looks confident. Hanging on to the puck three times I can think of where he took the puck on a wide drive and took it across the net and almost scored. The one against Detroit where he makes it 8-6, they score on. But last night he does it. He did it the night before. Like, he's, he gets that step. He puts out the leg. And with his reach, he cuts across. Like, I yell at the TV all the time for guys just take it yeah. across the net. And does it all the time. And I am the first one to say Bunting has had a hell of a year. Yes. But you are now going into the last game, uh, last 20 of the season. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You don't know what you're going to get out of him from, from week to week. It's an interesting and, thought here. Like, and, can he keep listen, this up I mean, for I know you guys were talking about the uh, the best line in the league this year, and you know, it's Bunting. Uh, who said it? Elliot, maybe? Yeah, Matthews and Marner. Yeah, yep. Matthews, Marner, and, and Bunting. And I'm like, you, you got to still remember that this guy really came out of nowhere. He's never experienced this before. I thought, I thought he looked like a guy that was ready to write his rookie of the year speech last night. I did. I'm, honestly, I'm going to play the other side of that. Fine. And, and, and you, you, you got to be careful here. Don't get too full of yourself. Yeah. Don't take it for granted. You got to still look like the bunting all season long, not the guy that expects to be on the number one line, having guys like you pump him up on the air, saying hey, he's on the best line in the whole world. <laughs> First off, I said Calgary, but yes. Here's my uh, guy who ruins the conversation thing. Everyone gets to have a bad game. Yeah. You know, like he, eh, he wasn't great last night. I, I, and maybe that, that benching 
is a nice reminder Agreed. to 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 have him turn around and go. We're we're going against Nashville. They're desperate for a playoff spot, and uh, we we need the old uh, bunting. Yeah, fair I, enough. Now I've also got a theory on. Okay, if the Leafs were interested in um, uh, Hagel, mm-hmm. there's still something else there, and we've seen them sitting on Nick Robertson the last little while. I think. I think there's a spot open on that left side. Yeah. And I have a sneaking suspicion it will be filled with a guy that's not on the roster right now. So they got that Ooh, spot in Matthew mind. Matthew Nyes. Really? I think this time next month he could be he could be that guy. No more, Mr. Nice guy. What? Yeah, why not? Going to finish. You're going to sign him. He's six foot three. Six three. <laughs> like that. Power guy. <laughs> Power and yeah. finesse on the second what, line. What Nick Robertson isn't. If you're if you're willing to put Nick Robertson in there, no, and I don't think they are. Well, they have. Um, no, no, no. You're not listening. If you're willing to put him in there to try, right? Then why wouldn't you with this Matthew Nice, who's six three, yeah. and is a horse yeah. compared to Nick Robertson? For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I wonder if they don't find an NHL player, current one, for that spot. And I, I would almost think that there'd be some of their scouts saying, "No, you don't, this, you don't this, need to because he can this do guy, it. This guy could do it. Sammy Costantino has he mentioned could, that he could. He he has power. He's got a hell of a shot. Let's let's give him a try. You know what, what? Leafs Nation loves hope. What year do you think? What, what year do you think Matthew Nyes is born in? Uh, I don't think he's twenty 2000? years old yet. <laughs> two thousand two. <laughs> I don't know. I, he can be big as he wants. Listen, inserting a kid into a Toronto Maple Leafs do or die season. Beggars can't be choosers here. You've done it, it with Nick Robertson. Yeah, but and two years ago you played Nick Robertson in a playoff game. Okay, playoff series. I just think it's I to depend on that, and it's just a lot of pressure, and you worry about stunting development and confidence. We got in that, for God's sakes. <laughs> okay. I have no retort. I like I, what else you got? I like I just I, I think it comes down to what they can get. And I think they probably have that in their back pocket as an option. I didn't realize. Do you, you talk to someone on this or what? You think that there's a little? Uh... There's a bunch of them coming. Okay. Okay. They're they're playing uh, this weekend. All these college kids are going to be done. We assume Owen Powers got his contract in in the top drawer somewhere, and he's turning pro right away. They're all coming now. Yeah. In the next little while, this happens every year. Now, you want to do a ratio? One out of 15 or 20 of these kids mm-hmm. will come in and make an impact. Who's the best one ever even? Bozak? Bozak's been real good. Like, I can't even... But I, they brought in three that year, didn't they? Bozak. Yeah, Christian Hansen. Christian Hansen. Can't remember the other one. Irwin. Wasn't there yeah, a... Yeah, Sammy, you want to call Costantino? He got his number? Yeah, I got it. Do you want to talk to Sammy on nice? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, we no. said enough on nice? We yes. said enough? Okay. So, listen, it's a tantalizing idea and you saying that just gets leaf fans all fired up they're hot and bothered here and that guaranteed just you sam no no like hot and bothered is a good thing you, you know, know they're, they're getting a little warm under the collar feeling some kind of way about that all right sure. now if we did a priority list it would not be a goaltender it would not be a left winger it would be the blue line are we all in agreement there yes mm-hmm Sheldon Keith happy with his pairs last night. 
Let's go to him first, and then we'll go to you, JB. All right, buddy. I thought he's battled. He's done what he's done here. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good, really physical. Uh, liked a lot about his game. I thought, our, I thought our defense did a really good job of protecting our net tonight. You know, uh, some, of their, some of their best looks, like I talked about, uh, came as a result of us you know, either losing the puck in some quick transitions or just losing our F3, and they came at us quickly. But anytime we had numbers, our, our, our D kept things to the outside. They boxed out well. I don't know if they tipped the puck all night long. And that's, that's one of the, it's one of the top teams in the NHL at, at deflecting pucks. So there was a lot to, to like about how our whole, our whole uh, defense played tonight. And, uh, you know, we've come to expect Bush to compete and battle every night. You can, guys are responding on the bench to it. And uh, it's great to see. Guys responding on the bench to it, eh? Giving him a pat on the back, excited, excited to see someone doing that. I got to believe Morgan Riley is loving playing with this guy. Um, well, it's pretty clear. You go and do your thing, and I'll just stay here and, yeah. and mind the store. Well, then that's kind of it. Riley was up the rink. Even though he didn't get a, a ton of passes when he was in the Ozone, he was cheating up the rink a lot more. Um, you know, that pair, he played the most as he usually does, but that pair was good for them last you night. Know, Bushkin has really done a nice job of at least resetting... Riley. <laughs> well, just everybody. Yeah. You're right, because it, it, it gives Brody and Hall the top matchups. It's had and... a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he still should be in that four, five, six. I don't know if you want to squeeze yeah. 19 minutes out of him every night. Well, that's the tough part is like, is this the solution? Because do you want Labushkin to, to play minutes like that? Yeah, he played 19 and a half yes. minutes last night. Too much. Looking at that. It is too much. So, you know, how do you use him? And maybe if he's just playing five on five and he's, you know, making your other pairs look good and you you allow Brody and Hall to take the the tough matchups, I don't know. I don't know how many minutes he can play. He's not an old guy. He hasn't had a long run. He played a ton when he was in Arizona, and they stunk, but tough to – so tough to judge him, I guess. I like what they've done with Labushkin in terms of how they've – put him onto the top pair because we talked about it earlier in the year with Richie where they inserted him right into the top six right away and it didn't work and there was those expectations and they did it with bunting a little bit too and then they dropped him down and then put him back up. I like what they did with him, starting him on the bottom pair, yes, growing the confidence in him, seeing if they can figure it out with him and now I think this is probably their plan all along. I really do. To not hand him too much right away. But I think they had eyes on him playing with Riley because they know the type of guys Riley plays best with. Don't you think? You think there's something to that? Yeah. I don't think there's nothing to it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm all right with it, Sammy. Every okay. once in a while, you're a squirrel. You can find a nut. <laughs> I'm getting made fun of on the YouTube chat. Right <laughs> nah, I don't know. People think I'm dumb. Talking about college free agents and stuff. People think I'm an idiot. That's Why good. is that? I don't know. They're just yelling at me. Listen, we're not saying it's perfect here, but yeah. every once in a while, a kid can come out of college and make an impact. Yes, it's possible. All right, I'm excited about it. Caulfield looked okay, I think, last uh, spring. Yeah, he scored some goals on the Habs run to the cup final, played real minutes. Um, other thing on our list here, uh, Kipper, is, man, the Leafs are taking a bunch of bench minors, aren't they? Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine, and I'm yeah. sure I think probably Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan are just saying, okay, everybody can have one of those but do we have to lead the league? Yeah. They they have 12, which is the most in the NHL. Second is nine. 
So they're, they're runaway leaders and bench miners. Here's my zag on this. This is 100% on the players. A coach says, oh, it's by the way, it's been the D pairs like every time. And the coach says, okay, Riley Bush, you're up next. The two of you look at each other and go, I got Broads. Okay, I got Halsey. You know, so they say, and if you don't know, you ask Coach, sorry, who is up? You get your clarification. You talk to your guy. You take your guy. Yeah. I, you know, I see everyone being like, oh, the coaches aren't. The coaches just tell you who's going. If you don't know, it's on you. Is it not? Is this not a player's thing? Yeah, no. It, the accountability has to fall on the coach. I, I, gotta, I, I, I get what you're saying. He's going to grab every guy by the collar and be like, you're going to change. I get for... what you're saying, but it's a reflecting on Sheldon's bench. That's I what it is. That. There was one game I was playing with the, the Leafs, and uh, God, we had six guys, and I'm talking about six guys for like 30 seconds, and we're screaming. Yeah. And it's hard because you're screaming, you but you don't want to get the, the attention of the, the <laughs> officials, and we're like, get off, get off. And it's, uh, it was, who was it? It was Mike Craig. And you could see, like, Craiger is a good guy, but, you know, sometimes the light bulb doesn't go on. Yeah. But you can actually see the light bulb go on. <laughs> and, he, and he skates by our bench, and he goes, we've got too many men on the ice. And then he keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> to tell you about someone you, else. Yeah, yeah. Get somebody else off the ice because I'm not coming off. <laughs> we've got too many men. We've got too many men on the ice. And it's like, uh, uh, okay, so you didn't want to come off because you were the only one that knew that? <laughs> we had a, a college team, obviously my last name being Born. We had a kid whose last name was Corn. Uh, I think we had a Kalorn at one point. I don't know, you know, like it was just a mess, you know, calling for changes and hey, whatever you got to do. You got to nickname something. You got to find a way to communicate it. And if you're on the ice and too many men, maybe change. <laughs> Mike Craig, thank one, you one more for you, Ranger game. Do you want to hear Keith on the we're, we're, Yeah, I know, we'll get Whatever. to him. Okay. Uh, we're in Quebec, and things are going well. Mike Keenan calls up the next line, and uh, we've got Mike Hartman and Mike Gartner yeah. on the bench. And he says, Mike Gartman, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what did he Sorry, say? Mike Hartner. And he said, Mike Gartman. <laughs> <laughs> and my and Hardy doesn't play much, right? Yeah. He's like, Kipper, what should I do? And I'm like, buddy, you haven't played three shifts all game. <laughs> Go out there. You got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. That's Didn't great. let him out there. No. All right, not. let's go to Sheldon and uh get his explanation on too many men. Recently here, I mean we had that was actually the second. We had one earlier in the third period that, that we got away with, actually. Um, and some of the issues are popping up with some of these defensemen changing. Now we've got one guy coming off and two guys are jumping. Um, you know, our players have got to be more aware, more alert in that. You know, we've got to do a better job as coaches to to make them aware and give them no choice in, in the matter. But uh, we just have to be more alert in it because it's it's unacceptable. It's it's now reached the point of embarrassment. So we we have to <laughs> uh, we have to do better than that. We, as much as I was happy with the with the win after the game today, that was the top of my list to talk about with the team. And we've we've talked about it along the way, but enough is enough. Good for him. Yeah. He says, that was embarrassing. I would probably would have used the embarrassing word maybe another a a few other, other, oh, yeah. other other few examples. There's a great slap shot clip. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely embarrassing. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was it was appropriate. It is. Yeah. It is embarrassing. You're a team that's trying to get uh, ready to challenge for a Stanley Cup. Convince people you're contenders. You just cannot look like you're 
center field and left fielder going, I thought you were going to catch it. Yeah. It, it is one of the things that makes you, I feel like when you're on the bench and you're on a pro hockey team, it's embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing, but every time you're telling the guy, it's like, I'm changing for Kerfoot. And it's like, yeah, I know, man, you change for him every time, but you got to do it. You have to have the talk every time with your guys in your line, guys in the bench. It's just part of the deal. All right. Uh, before we go to break here, Sammy's going to give you guys an amazing opportunity for tickets and free peanuts on a train. <laughs> it comes back to Toronto. It doesn't go anywhere. Uh, yeah, so you nailed the train part. It's the Molson Canadian Rivalry Train Contest. Two tickets to see the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal on Saturday, March 26th, plus a round-trip train ticket from Toronto to Montreal Free peanuts, like Kipper says, uh, no guarantees. And a one-night hotel accommodation. What you have to do is listen to our show, Real Kipper and Born, for a daily password. Enter it online at our contest page on sportsnet.ca slash 590. Today's password is Montreal. Montreal. This This contest runs through Monday, March 21st, and must be 19 plus in Ontario to enter. Nice. All right, for those of you watching on our Sportsnet YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. We love having you uh, yes. around, uh, reading some of the comments, ripping Sammy. Sammy. Don't rip Sammy. Not love cool. it. Not cool. No, really I'll, cool. I'll live. Really cool. <laughs> I'll live, boys. Uh, all good here. And uh, what we, I think we have over 700 people watching right now. Yes, Woo. we do. So let's hit the like button. Let's see if we can hit 200 by the end of it because we are on All Bets Are Off Friday here, which means... Doug McLean will get his thoughts on going into this weekend's trade deadline and, and the thoughts of college kids coming in and the odds of these kids coming in and, and playing well, like a nice. Is it possible for Leaf fans that maybe you a solution? It, and now everyone believes that he is the, the solution to all the problems. <laughs> I guarantee it. Okay, but he can't play goal <laughs> yet still. True. So we'll get that and so much more after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 for your chance to qualify for your shot to win Leafs-Panthers tickets on March 27th is Florida. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Later on next hour, Rick Talkett will be joining us, TNT hockey analyst, three-time Stanley Cup champion, and Adam Seaborn, Canadian media analyst to uh, size up trade deadline day for the networks. TSN and Sportsnet historically have gone head-to-head. We'll get his thoughts on what he expects on Monday and, and how that whole breaking news world has changed over the years. i Love to get his thoughts on that as well. So let's bring in Doug McLean, a one-time NHL insider for Sportsnet. Boy, oh boy, those trade deadlines. You work in the phones. You were magic back then. I just saw Sportsnet's lineup. How the, how do you hell do you have an executive panel and only one executive on it? Like, what the hell is that Who all is about? That? Where are the former... 
Craig McTavish is the only executive. And the other two guys on the Sam and somebody else. Like, I mean, what do they mean executives? <laughs> oh Give me a break. man, you passed you passed a great torch. You were the original like, executive. Seriously, hey. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, my God. Hey, I love Sam, but he's no executive. Sammy is our executive. You have to be a fired (laughs) executive to be on that panel. (laughs) Fired. Sam was never fired. Or or disgraced. (laughs) One of the two. There's a Buka guy on there with him who's a former scout, I think. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, it's none of my business. By the way... Just an update. I had weekend in Delray Beach. There's the uh, a huge pickleball tournament. Nine hundred pickleballers here playing this weekend. Anyway, I'm I'm the Leon Spinks for the pickleball player in our building. I'm like the sparring partner trying to get him ready for the tournament. And he beat me today. We went to triple overtimes, 14-12. He beat me in the he last game. Was so was hell- he was a punching bag. He you- was a punching bag. I was Leon Spinks today. Do, do I have to remind you that uh, you're, you know, you're retired? You should, trade deadlines, you should be relaxing now through trade deadlines. You're, you sound really uptight. Training session this morning, walk on the beach, and then pickleball. I'm ready for a break. All right. I want to get your thoughts on the weekend. And if you haven't done anything of significance and people are waiting, like Kyle Dubas here in Toronto, how much pressure would he feel right now? Well, you know what? I I, I guess you wonder what he's looking for because I'm looking at price price points. And I'd be, you know, if you're looking to hit, you know, to bring in a a frontline guy, you're, you're, you're being hit with some pretty high prices. I just looked at the, you know, the deal Chicago to Tampa Bay with two first round picks and a couple of prospects. I mean, that is a huge price. I mean, I like that. People like the Hagel kid, but for me, um, prices are high right now and limited quality guys available, unless you're looking at a Drew and I don't see the leaps. I hear they talked about them, but I, I can't believe they're in on, Claude Giroux, so I I would be nervous of the price points right now, and, and obviously maybe Kyle's waiting for them to fall a little bit. Doug, what do you think about the idea of how all-in teams can go? Because right now you see what Tampa's doing, and they are all-in, right? It's kind of like they've won their cups, they know this is their window, they're going to be bad for a while based on everything they're selling. You know, is it okay for the Leafs to do something like that where they burn first-round picks and say, we are all-in? Because you know, we hear the verbal commitment that it's all in, but really only Tampa seems to be speaking that way with their actions as well. Interesting. I talked to two assistant GMs this week who are contenders, uh, real serious contenders. And both of them said to me, when is the ideal time to go all in? We're sitting there and we're, we're serious contenders, but, it's really kind of nerve wracking to make that step to go all in. Griswold would have been in that boat a few years ago, mm-hmm. and he made the commitment to go all in on, you know, the, the Coleman situation, the Goudreau situation, the Bogosian. I mean, he made a commitment to go all in, and there's no coming back now. There's no coming back. I look at Vegas, they've gone all in, and 
and and where does that put them today with giving up at least four first round picks? They've only been in the league five years and they've given up four first. That's a team that's gone all in and is sitting on the outside looking in for the playoffs right now. So you got to know when the right time is. And it's, it's a gut check time for GMs because when you pull the plug on first round picks, it can come back to really, really bite you. All in for Tampa Bay, all out for Chicago. And I look at this trade, Mac, and uh, there's every reason in the world for Hagel to stick around. He's 23. There's a tremendous, tremendous amount of upside. But Chicago's looking at it going, he was a mid-pick, I think, sixth round. Sixth round to Buffalo. And then signed Buffalo. as a free agent, correct? So, right, and, right. and then you squeeze everything you can out of him, and you turn a mid-pick, uh, into two first rounders like historically I don't think we've seen that too much I I look at Chicago and for the fans yeah it's going to maybe be ugly the next few years but this to me is a home run will we see more deals like this out of clubs it's a it's a home run except you're you're a you're a bad team right now in Chicago they're used to supporting a champion and this is a kid that's you know on the on has a chance to be a 30 goal scorer and you move them for two first round picks that are four or five years away from playing. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a home run. If you're committing to a total rebuild, well, if that's what you're doing, then you've got to be phoning Chicago right now saying, what do you want for Taves and Kane? Because it's obviously you, if you're trading Hagel for first, a kid that's a 20, you know, what's he close to a 30 goal scorer this year? Um, where where are you headed here? Are you going to keep Are you going to keep Kane and Taves now and let them wait out for a, the, two, these two first round picks to mature in four years time? I don't think so. Right. So it's a big, you know, it's it's a funny type of deal for me. Really, it is a good a good price paid, but a funny deal for me for Chicago. Yeah, you know, looking at uh, Toronto here, trying to plug their own holes. We were kicking around some different ideas earlier in the show, and Kipper. Uh, brought up Matthew Nyes as a possibility, a college kid. Um, you know, not not all those guys come the same, obviously. You get a wide range of, of, uh, of talent levels and readiness. In, in your experience, what can NHL teams expect from college players who uh, become eligible to go over and play? Well, look, you know, when a kid comes out of college, you get, sometimes you get lucky. Some, you know, maybe you end with a Marino out of, you know, that comes into Pittsburgh and does a pretty good job playing with some veteran guys. But it's this is a tough task to ask a kid to come in and, and be a, a key contributor for a team that's supposed to win a be a Stanley Cup contender. I don't think I'm looking at that as being a a, a you know a logical guy to to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I, I think you've got to look a lot further. You you need some depth, number one, you need some some real defensemen, number two, to be in your top four. I, I think that's nerve. I think that's frightening to me. He is a, he couldn't get in on Hagel. It's a, obvious with the, the, the load no. that, that, that he got, but um, I only threw his name out there because there is a sense. And uh, our executive, Sammy Costantino out there will back me up on this is that there is a, a certain element of power in this guy's game 
that probably uh, separates him from most college kids that uh, that get that opportunity with 20 games to go. Who's the guy that went from Harvard to Nashville to New York to Buffalo to Vancouver? Yeah, I to, know. Uh, I know. What, what was his name? <laughs> Jimmy Vasey? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you and Sammy, no. you and Sammy float the boat on that one. <laughs> Take your chances. Take your chances, big boy. I hope. It, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I don't even know the kid. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've I've heard this. Old I song, know. Same old song before. Yeah, anyway. I know. Beggars can't be choosers. And right now, he's got handcuffs on him. Uh, but he needs to go out and get another blue liner or maybe two. Is that where you would put your priorities? Yeah, he does. 100%. I mean, we know, you know, he's got the talent group up front. And hopefully that's going to that's gonna work for him this year in the playoffs. Um, you know, you know he's got to he's got to put it in the back end. He 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 can't really do anything with his goaltending. He's stuck there. And now you know what? It's interesting. I watched the 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 Swede. At least he stays on his feet. This <laughs> at least he stays on his feet. I was really excited to finally see a goalie that stays on his feet and doesn't burn himself out with all that. BS sliding post to post and up and down. At least he stays on his feet, okay? So, you know what? He's got to go with the blue line. He's got no choice but to go with the blue line and try to find, you know, one solid guy and maybe a depth guy. Do you feel like John Tavares needs Mitch Marner or needs some help? Because, like, right now when he's with Nylander and Kerfoot, he does not look like the same human as when he is the last two games when he's been with Mitch Marner and Michael Bunting is I know he makes 11 million bucks and he's supposed to drive a line, but would you be at the point where you say, maybe we've got to help our captain out here and give him a little bit of juice playing with Marner. It's obvious to me that Kyle Dubas doesn't listen to your show <laughs> because I said it last week, didn't I, that they had to do that, you know, and they refused to do it. Uh, I'm sorry. He's not a driver right now, and I'm getting real nervous as to where. I hope the kid. I hope John Tavares has an unbelievable playoff for the Leafs, but I'm really nervous when I watch him play. I know he's got 24 goals, but he needs support on that line. No, I mean we've talked about that at least two other times in this show. He needs support, and they don't want to give it to him. Then. I mean, I know he's making 11. I know he's been a superstar in the league. I don't care. Superstars in the league eventually need support. Do Just in, in terms of uh, uh, the goalie that you like standing up, uh, Shelgren, Mac, is it just Isn't as... Isn't that a miracle that he stays <laughs> on his feet? Is it is it as simple as just going day-to-day and the longer this guy goes and we win, uh, it's just you got to run the table with him pretty much and let him, you know, if you're at the, if you're in Vegas, you, you wait for him to crap, crap out here on with the dice. He's the Rogie Bashan that Kometa Thetford minds to lead the Montreal Canadians. He's the Steve Penny that Kometa wherever to lead the Montreal Canadians. He could be Bunny LaRock, but he might be one of the Ken Dryden too. Who knows? You know, it, so, as a coach, would you just uh, go with him until you got to beg for forgiveness from either Campbell or Mazarek to go back? Is it that simple? If he's winning, you, I, I'm staying with him if he's winning because you got to finish Ed. 
you got to finish ahead of the Boston Bruins here. I'm going with him till he loses and, and see what happens. It's like Columbus last night. Like, what are they thinking about? Go into Ottawa, there's Leakins, and you win a game to keep you within at least to have a, a slight chance of catching Washington. You go home against the Capitals, and you play Corpus Salo. What is this BS that these goalies can't play back-to-back anymore? kidding me and they lose 7-2 at home to Washington the team they got to catch and Merzlikens is sitting on the bench are you kidding me well, what is going on anyway <laughs> when you were running an organization where was that sort of i guess the forefront of when sports science and analytics departments and all that were were coming up was that something you had to deal with much in Columbus listen i love the analytics stuff i think it's great information yeah at it extensively lately. And then I hear that Florida Panthers are a real analytic team at the forefront of analytics. Tell me how Sherratt's analytics are. How, how are Sherratt's analytics? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. Not well, I've heard they're horrible. I've heard they're horrible. <laughs> and guess what? Florida took them, didn't they? Yeah. They paid a huge price to get them. So, there's times when analytics have to go out the window and you say, what do I really need to win a round in the playoffs? And they took a chance. Rutselainen, Philadelphia, they're moving into the forefront of analytics. Who did they just give a guy a five-year deal at $5 million to? Not a great analytics guy in Rutselainen. As a matter of fact, really not very good analytically. So analytics are good at certain times, but other times you've got to make decisions if you think you can win a round with certain people. Hey, I got one. There's my analytics I got, I got one more for you. Um, Toronto got another bench minor. They lead the league in uh, too many men on the ice. Justin says it's the players' fault. I say no, it's the coach's fault. You settle it. Well, here's what I used to do. Gordon Murphy um, was my just a solid guy, but he wouldn't bark back at me, you know? Oh. So every time I got called for too many men on the ice, I used to scream at Gord Murphy and they'd pan to me on the bench and they'd see me yelling at Gord Murphy just as he came off the ice. And they said, well, obviously it's Murphy's fault. It's not the coach's fault. <laughs> so if you're going to get caught and yell at somebody on the bench and the least the media will let you off the hook on it, you know, until they show the replay. You're just it's a lazy, it's a lazy penalty. And, you know, I mean, if I'm the coach, it's, it's, but you got to be careful when you're yelling at guys at the bench. Just a quick story. I was, I was chirping Ray, she- uh, Ray Shepard on the bench one night, just giving it to him, and I never thought anything of it. You know, Shep never battled back. And then I'm showing the video. I'm looking at the video when I get home that night, and I'm, I'm in Shep's ear on the bench, and Shep's rolling his eyes on the video <laughs> <laughs> as I'm as I'm talking to him. So I go in the next morning and I show this clip to the team. I said, I just wanted to show you what Shep thinks of my uh, my uh, tutelage on the bench. And it shows Shep rolling his eyes right in front. So the team got quite a chuckle out of that. So sometimes you have to make fun of yourself. Maybe Keith has to make fun of himself and take a little heat, you know. So when it's Tuesday and Wednesday and the trade deadline's over, there are going to be a lot of general managers uh, second-guessing themselves. Did you find yourself in that situation where, you you know, you spend a week or two maybe watching other players perform and going, damn, I missed out. 
Well, most of my focus was on getting rid of money. So I used to get mad if I didn't move enough money on the last. I remember when Berkey took Jeff Sanderson from me late in the day and saved me 900, saved my owner 900,000. Um, you know, I felt good about that, but I was never really in a position to, to go big. You know, I traded Sador to Tampa, which helped them win a cup. And, uh, you know, that moved about 8 million off our books, but it was, it, it was different when you're an expansion guy, you know, and, I would have loved to have been in the heat. It would have been fun to be in the heat of the battle like these guys are in when they're trying to add a piece. But I'll never forget with the Florida Panthers. I'll never forget this. We made a big deal. We acquired Kirk Muller at the deadline. And our team was so fired up about it, bringing in Muller. We moved out Jason Padolan, who was a prospect, went to Toronto and never really worked out. But, you know, we thought he was a good prospect. Muller comes in, great guy. Didn't play great for us, and it, we lost to the Rangers, who were Gretzky, and uh, they had a hell of a team, the Rangers, that year. But we lost to them early, and uh, you know, so we think you're going all out to help your team, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it it doesn't, you know. Well, anyway, man. we brought in Ray Shep. We brought in Ray Shepard at the deadline. We paid a, a second round pick for him. This is a great story. We pay a second round pick for Ray Shepard with Florida. He comes in and he plays unbelievable, helps us get to the Stanley Cup final. We're sitting at the draft table. We don't have our second pick. And all our scouts in Florida are so up that we don't have that second pick because they wanted to take a big defenseman at a Prince George, B.C. with that second pick. Guess who that was? Chara? <laughs> who was it? Who was it? Chara. Chara. Yeesh. Yeah, whatever yeah, happened to him? He never turned it we in. Missed. Yeah. No, he didn't. He just had his 44th birthday today, him and Tom Brady, and they're both still playing. Yeah, and making a anyway. load of money. Yeah, he's doing okay. All right, listen, if you want to <laughs> capture, you know, those feelings of uh, a trade deadline, uh, you won't get anything that makes you think that you're saving 900000 but just don't go out for dinner Saturday night. You save, like, five hundred. And don't tell me that's an executive panel. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't tell me that. Hey. See you later. Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Doug McLean, everybody. Thanks, Doug. Oh, my hey, boys. goodness. Did someone unplug his scooter? <laughs> hey, why is he? And he showed up at 431 and missed the special, the early bird special. So it's the trade deadline on uh, Monday. NFL? trade happened. Deshaun Watson just got traded to the Browns for three first-round picks. To the Browns. Wow. The and Brownies. And, and people are, comp- First are, are thinking... feel that? He's too, getting caught. They're thinking Hagel's too expensive at two? Three. Um, Other sports toss him around. Three, like three four. Business. Ah, quarterback's more important than Hagel is, I think. I would say that's safe, yeah. Yeah. There you go. For a real wow. stand-up citizen. Oh, yeah. Oh. Great guy. Oh, Anyways. Um, yeah. So... Max, was, uh, Max, great, fellas. Yesterday, um, uh, I was coming in, getting ready. I was excited about the Leafs in, in Carolina. I went grocery shopping, LCBO, I'm, turned the television on. You know, I'm waiting for you, Elliot and yeah. Amber, and uh, I get a cartoon. I'm like, hey, Berkey. I mean, how bad are you guys that they got to put a cartoon on? Hey, hey, that was a wonderful Hey Berkey. Did you watch no, it? No, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> really good. Really was good. it? Yeah, BXA knocking out Fetter Fetterov uh, in a bar and Berkey being like, that's a guy I want to sign. 
Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, they, they're going to have to have a, a JB cartoon coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you knock me out at a bar, and then, <laughs> then we'll make, then we'll put it in cartoon form. Yeah. Okay. Um, any anything uh, else yeah. on the? Yeah, I got to do some. All right, here. go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, we're giving away more tickets. All we do is give away tickets on this show. So uh, this is for a pair of tickets to the 27th game on a Sunday against the Florida Panthers. The first matchup of the season between the two heavyweights of uh, the Atlantic Whoa. Division. Uh, all you have to do is download Friday, Monday, and Tuesday episodes of Real Kipper and Born and listen for the different code words that will be placed in the podcast. Then text each code word 59590 and you will be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as an entry, and the winner will be selected on Wednesday. That's a great game. That's a great giveaway to get to go to that one. Buddy, we got tickets to the Bell Center to watch the Leafs the there. Next we night. got cats and Leafs. We got tickets. Let's go. Nice job. What a, pro- what a program. I think we have that game on the fan, too, so your boy will be in attendance for the cats and Leafs. Nice. Nice job, Sammy. Shalgren will be starting.